Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday, if there is such a thing. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon. It's the kickoff edition of this week's Eagle Hour broadcast, and we're glad you're with us. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Dickie's Barbecue Pit's a great place to go if you've got a tailgate plan for the homecoming game this weekend. They can cater your event. They can make it very, very easy for you. And if you communicate with us through our Facebook page and confirm to us that Dickie's is catering your tailgate, Kelly and I are going to come pay you a visit Saturday and bring you a box full of Eagle Hour and Southern Miss swag. And, and, and we do understand that Bob and I are not exactly the guys that you'd want hanging out at your tailgate party. But if you want, we'll just deliver the swag and then go on our merry way. We promise. <laughs> we'll drop the stuff off and leave. And uh, we're, uh, we're looking forward to that. So let us know. Go to our Facebook page. Let us know if you're going to cater Dickies where you're going to be located, and if we pick you, we're going to come see you. And, Bob, there's lots to talk about today. It is homecoming week on campus. We'll be talking with Lee Roberts, the color analyst for the Southern Miss uh, Radio Network, a little bit later on in the show. But we begin with uh, breaking news out of Washington, D.C. this morning, where your Washington Redskins have a new interim coach in place. Jay Gruden has been given the gaff as head coach. And let's go to our Super Talk Mississippi hotline. Norfolk, Virginia, our insider Bob Matthews is there. Bob, is the, are the flames and the dumpster fire now higher or lower with Gruden gone? Oh, it's a raging inferno. <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, I like the term insider. Nobody's ever referred to me like that before. I feel special. Well, you are. Uh, you, you've always, you know, you've also always been special to us here, Bob. I've been special. I've been special to the school systems I've, uh, I've been associated with as well. So, what in the world? What in the world is going on in the nation's capital? Dude, I we have no idea. I I didn't think. I thought best case scenario. They might have been three and two uh, at this point in the season, but no way did I think zero oh and five. It's it's a mess. the 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 main problem, and the one that's not going to get solved, is that Bruce Allen is still in charge. Is still the team president. He just had a press conference about an hour ago, and I mean, if you did a uh, a word cloud search on Google, I think. The words that would pop up would be like uh, lack of self-awareness and deflection. The front office seems to think that all they need to do is find the right coach and everything's going to be fine. And it is obvious to everyone else in the universe that that is not the case, that Bruce Allen has got to go and they've got to get a personnel guy in there. But it's not going to happen. So what is the deal, Bob, with Bruce Allen? And Daniel Snyder. Why does Daniel Snyder not see that his general manager has a terrible record? Yeah, the the problem is that Dan Snyder has grew up a Redskins fan. This was his passion as a kid, 
And if you are a former Washington Redskin, as far as Dan is concerned, you are you walk on water. You could walk across the reflecting pool at uh, on the mall, um, and and that is that's why Bruce is is still here. I think you know he they like to sell nostalgia at this point. That's all they've got to sell, and Bruce is kind of the direct link to that because of his dad, and for whatever reason that still keeps a hold on on Dan Snyder and it's it was uh, how they couldn't see that how Dan Snyder can't see that the problem starts at the top and filters down after yesterday I have absolutely no idea because I was at the game and I don't I haven't watched I haven't gone back and rewatched it yet so I don't know what it looked like on TV there it was 75% New England Patriots fans at FedEx and I mean, and they all must have taken the metro in because I breezed through to get to the stadium. There was no game traffic on the Beltway yesterday. It was unbelievable. I've never seen that. Before. Well, here and I'm glad you brought that up. As a lifelong Redskin fan myself, grew up mm-hmm. going to Redskin games. I know that that Reds the the Redskins have have had one of the largest, most fanatical fan bases. In the world, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's just no way to describe how loyal and fanatical Redskin fans are. But what is it going to take now to, to get that back? Is it going to require Allen to be gone? Oh, without without question, one hundred percent without question, Bob. That fan base in D.C. is gone now. It's not there anymore. These folks, you know, I, I think one of the reasons that. It was it was seventy five percent full was because uh, uh, Patriots fans was because all of those every one of those sports fans was at Nationals Park last night for Game Three of the ALDS. Right. They were there, weren't they? Oh yes, yes. And I, I think that Dan Snyder, I don't think, has fully grasped that that Redskins team of his youth. They own the town, yes. But one of the reasons they own the town was there was no Major League Baseball. Um, there. The, cap, the Washington Capitals weren't yet the you know the model franchise that they've now grown into. They just started to become that, and the Wizards, then the Bullets, you know, were were a mid league basketball team. So they kind of had the market all to themselves, and they don't now. You know, the Nationals are going gangbusters. The Caps are a, a, a model of a professional sports franchise. They've missed. They they I think missed the playoffs seven times in the last uh, almost 40 years. So, so and, and he hasn't recognized the fact that times have changed, and you got to change with him or else you become what this team has become. Bob Matthews is our uh, Washington Redskins insider. I said it again, Bob. Let's, and it's easy to always talk in hypotheticals, but if the quarterback doesn't go down, going back to Alex Smith, is, mm-hmm. is, this, is this a whole different uh, scenario we're talking about today, a whole different picture being painted? I don't know. That's that's a good question, Kelly. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm the first one. That was my argument in the off season was that look, the team was six and three, was in first place. Maybe it wasn't. Unfortunately, you know, again, when you talk about lack of self awareness, Bruce Allen is still clinging to that same theory, and that's not good for for a, a club president, a guy that's got to put a roster together. I mean, there were. It was six and three. It was an ugly six and three. You know, if if Alex Smith hadn't gone down, do they somehow wind up nine and seven next year or last year? Yeah, perhaps. But I mean, it's you know, in the natural cycle of things, 
this is a bottoming out, but I just you, I just don't know who's going to come in and fix this because, you know, the, the, the fish rots in the head. And what they're trying to do, I think, is instead of having a head coach that's kind of in charge of player personnel and the coach says, all right, let's put the draft board together. These are the type of players I want, and these are specifically the players I want. Front office, go out and get them. I think it's kind of been the other way around, that, that, that Bruce Allen and his crew have said, here are the players we like, here they are, coaches, make it work. And you, you, you can't run an NFL franchise like that anymore. No, uh, I've seen all kinds of names and, and as a possible replacement. I find them odd, though. The, the guy that's coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers name is Mike up Tomlin. there. Yeah, the, uh, Zimmer over in Minnesota. Those, those are not realistic possibilities, are they? You know, it really—it's a moot point. Nobody is a realistic possibility because it's—it's—and I. It, this sounds trite, but it, it's reshuffling the the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. Uh, if uh, even if the best case scenario, they they hired a strong personality like Tomlin and allegedly give him complete control over football personnel decisions. As long as Bruce Allen is still in the building. He will find a way. He will still have Dan Snyder's ear, and he will eventually undercut whoever it is that, at the time, you know, has quote unquote all of the the personnel control. It happened, yeah, and and we know that because we've seen it happen before. It happened with Mike Shanahan. It happened with Scott McLuhan. Uh, it happened on the business side with Brian Lafamina last year. So it, it seems like it is painfully obvious to everyone. But Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen, that this is an untenable situation. And it's a shame because the NFC, it's not like there's a runaway first place team in the NFC East. No, the Cowboys no. have come back to the pack. They're, yeah. ho- they're yeah. hoax. Yeah, they're hoax. Yeah, but this, this Redskins team is, <laughs> it is, it's it's not even, I'm, I was completely wrong at training camp. They're not even close to being a contender right now. Diana Rossini of ESPN reported today that uh, there were people in the front office saying that Dwayne Haskins is, is a year and maybe two away from being a starting uh, quarterback in the NFL. And maybe that's some, you know, there's some CYA going on there. But still, you know, looking back on it in hindsight now, that was, you know, it, it may not have yep. been a great idea to take him 15. And you said uh, when we talked to you before the season that you thought mm-hmm. the Redskins would be a team that could run the ball and play defense. And I agreed. But Gruden was just not willing to do that. Well, the good news is you got the Dolphins this weekend. Yeah, that's uh, a good news. <laughs> one, theoretically, one would think. But i got to tell you, fellas, <laughs> the way it stands right now, I'm not convinced they can beat anybody on the schedule. All right, Bob, thanks. I'm coming up for the Jets game. I may see you because we may be the only two guys in the stadium. So uh, oh, far out, yeah, Bob. Let me know. I'll uh, I'll come down from the box and see you. Hey, right, and Bob. you guys have a, you guys have a good homecoming this all week. All right, man. Thank you, Bob. We appreciate you, man. No problem. Take care, guys. Bob Matthews on the Redskins. We'll get back to the Golden Eagles after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
All right, everybody, welcome back. I want to thank Bob Matthews and Kelly for setting that up. I know this is not an NFL show, but first first firing of the year, Kelly, is a – it's a brutal business. You're not kidding. I think there's four teams left that are winless, including the Redskins, but they're playing one of the other ones, the Dolphins, right. this weekend, as we mentioned. The other two are the Jets and my Bengals, who I told you would lose to the Cardinals. But as a Bengals fan, you know that playing another team that hadn't won a game isn't guaranteeing you're going to win. Well, I, can, I told you. We're not, in fact, it's almost a guarantee we're never going to win. They're just awful. I can make fun of your team since mine sucked so bad. Well, but I, but I, it's, it's always like this, and I don't know why I put myself through this, and I can't afford Dr. Phil, so I'm kind of stuck. You right. Know? All right, let's get back to Conference USA. What happened in the league over the weekend? Well, Middle Tennessee beat Marshall 24-13, a bit of a surprise. Western Kentucky beat Old Dominion 20-3. UAB beat Rice 35-20. Florida International... Just demolished UMass forty-four to nothing, and Texas San Antonio beat UTEP twenty-six sixteen. Kelly, if I look at that right there, I'd say I'm a little surprised by that Middle Tennessee game. I agree. I I, I didn't see that happening. It, or was Marshall overrated? I'm telling you, when we when we went back prior to the season and did our Conference USA previews, the consistent thread of feedback you kept getting was that Marshall was the stud in the in the uh, East. You know, that Marshall was going to mm-hmm. walk away with it. Apparently not. Well, I think this whole thing is up for grabs. And a storyline we're going to be watching this weekend, besides cheering for the black and gold, of course, is how North Texas plays, you know, coming in here. The Eagles have had two weeks to prepare because North Texas was supposed to be the big dog on the western side of the ledger, but they've proven that they're fallible. I think like no other league – like no other year, Conference USA is an absolute, to use a basketball term, toss-up in football mm-hmm. this year. This, this could really be a crazy finish. Well, Louisiana Tech and UAB have the best overall records in the league. They're both 4-1. and one. Louisiana Tech sits atop of the West with a 2-0 and o conference uh, record and a 4-1 and one record. Southern Miss is second, 3-2, and 1-0. and o. North Texas right behind them, 2-3, and 1-0, and, and UAB in fourth. Four and one, one and one. So the North Texas Southern Miss game pretty much establishes who's going to be a solid second and contending for the lead of the West. Yeah, but here come here comes UAB. You know, quietly a yeah, team that, that lost yeah. all those seniors was supposed to be a down year. Looks like Bill Clark knows a little bit what he's doing, well, uh, coaching. But but Rice gave them everything they wanted. You know, I think it was twenty to twenty in the first half. I think the first half ended well uh, close to here's a tie. Here's the thing, Kelly. Uh, Louisiana Tech, North Texas, and UAB are the contenders outside of USM. And USM plays all three of them in the next month. And they've only got, uh, well, they've got two out of the three at home, too. That helps. Yeah. You know, you got North Texas coming in here, and then UAB comes in the 9th of November. And incidentally, when UAB comes to town, Southern Miss would have had another bye week. So they would have two weeks to prepare for both North Texas mm-hmm. and UAB. I'm telling you, the schedule sets up beautifully for the Eagles this year. Whether it was designed that way or not, the way it's shaking out, it has well, set up beautifully. you got to win those home games, and you got to go to Ruston and beat Louisiana Tech. So, I mean, nothing's, nothing's a given. No, it isn't. But, but for some reason, and it's inexplicable how any team has other teams' number, like UAB seems to have the Golden Eagles' number, Southern Miss has had La Tech's number. Uh, and, I, again, it's inexplicable. You don't know how, why that happens. And it could turn at any moment. But definitely the Eagles have had the, the better of that series by far the past 10 years. All right, look over to the east. Western Kentucky in first place, 3-2, three and 3-0 three and oh in the conference. They've played three conference games. Florida Atlantic is second, 3-2, and 1-0 oh in the conference, followed by, followed, 
followed by Middle Tennessee, Marshall, Charlotte, Old Dominion, Florida International. So right now, I, I guess you'll have to say it's Middle Tennessee, Florida Atlantic, and Western Kentucky battling it out. And I like the lane train. Well, they, they, I told you they would slaughter UMass uh, this weekend. UMass, right. not very good. But the biggest disappointment in that group is FIU. You know, when you just mm-hmm. went through the standings there, remember at the beginning of the year, the two the two Florida schools, oh, they're the teams to beat in the right. East. FIUs, they're not, they're not really even competing. They just have not done well at all. Big disappointment. Now, this week's opponent is, is a mystery. North Texas has wins over Abilene Christian and UT San Antonio. They lost to SMU, Cal, and Houston. They lost to three pretty good teams. Indeed. But they lost pretty handedly to those teams, as I recall. They did. And, and of course, Houston – you know, uh, Houston had had a poor record, but then uh, then came in and walloped them. You know, in in Denton. So uh, that's that's what I'm saying. I think this game is gonna this game is gonna say a lot. Now, Abilene Christian is out of the uh, Southland, you know, conference. Um, so, you know, much much smaller school there. Uh, but this is uh, and and if Southern Miss has had a deficiency on defense, it's been in the passing game, and of course that's where Mason Fine. Uh, what what he's known for doing is being an exceptional throwing quarterback for North Texas. So this is this has got all the ingredients, including a forecast of bright sunshine and seventy four degrees. Well, that would be nice. Oh, would it not be ever? It'd be so great. League wise this week, Old Dominion is at Marshall, Middle Tennessee is at Florida Atlantic, UAB is at Texas San Antonio, North Texas of course here. Army at Western Kentucky, Charlotte at FIU, and UMass at Louisiana Tech. I guess UMass should just join the conference. They're right? just they're just making they're the just tour. Playing, yeah, they're playing the every week in the conference. Yeah, uh, and Army at Western Kentucky has no effect on the on the conference standings, but probably a long afternoon for the Hilltoppers. Well, we thought that that UTEP was going to beat UTSA. Remember that game was at the Sun Bowl, and right. uh, I actually picked the Miners to win that game. It didn't happen. And so uh, it looks like when you hear everybody say, oh, UTEP is much improved. Well, just how bad were they last year? Because th- it's, if this is a better team than last year, they're sur- it's, not, it's, not, it's getting lost in translation. They're not winning on the field. you know. So homecoming this weekend, 6 o'clock kick, right? Should be just a phenomenal day. Led by, led by the weather, you hear sometimes people, I'm not going to tailgate. It's just it's too hot. And they want to kick off. It's too hot. Well, this weekend you won't have that excuse. There's all the pomp and circumstance that goes along with homecoming. And Bob, here on the Eagle Hour this week, we're going to have Mr. and Miss Southern Miss on the show on Wednesday to talk about some of the homecoming festivities. We've got former baseball standout Kyle Logan coming on the show. Matt Waller. Uh, Matt Waller scheduled to be on the show tomorrow in in person here Mm -hmm. in the studio. Then Friday we're going to be at uh, 4th Street beginning the pregame. Uh, our pregame tailgating at uh, Thursday at Bokoma. Man, we're just gonna. This is a great week, man, to be on the to be on the Eagle Hour and Homecoming is a special, special time. Right. All right. NFL. Uh, Philadelphia beat the Jets yesterday, thirty-one to six. The Panthers beat the Jags, thirty-four twenty-seven. Vikings beat the Giants, twenty-eight ten. Broncos beat the Chargers. That's a surprise, twenty to thirteen. The Packers demolished the Cowboys, thirty-four twenty-four. That game wasn't as close as the score indicates. The Colts last night beat the Chiefs, and that was one entertaining football game. I think what the most underrated coach in the league is Frank Reich right. at Indianapolis. And he's doing this with a guy that was supposed to be the backup quarterback, although Jacoby Brissett has quite a, quite a uh, resume. Where did know. he play college football? I was trying to think. I don't know. I don't know. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was. And, uh, and for him to fill in for 
you know, luck like that to step right in and take over. And here's the thing that I enjoyed so much last night. It was old-fashioned football. It was they ran the ball about thirty times last night, and if the Chiefs, the Chiefs are a mirage. If last night is any indication, their run defense was just horrible, and the Colts just abused them, Kelly, on the ground. The Colts. So, so now it's now it's just going to be who are the Patriots play from the NFC? Who the- I don't think it's I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs, from what I saw last night, are any challenge to New England. The Patriots have not given up one throwing touchdown so far this year, not one. Kelly's team lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and in case you missed it, you can watch the replay on Cartoon Network again. And tonight. the Redskins were shellacked <laughs> by the um, the best team in the world. Whoever they were playing is who yeah. they get shellacked yeah, by. Yeah, that's right. Know? Well, they sure got shellacked <laughs> yesterday. And in the second half, the Pats showed that they could put a beating down on you, too, if they decide. Well, and, and the Redskins have this pattern, too, of getting ahead early. You, you more oh, than anybody yeah. noticed that. The first about quarter and a half, they looked like gangbusters. And then they run out of gas. What have I said to you every time this year you've contacted me early? Hey, hell to the Redskins. Nah. nah. <laughs> There's four quarters, right? <laughs> Jamie Collins was a terror yesterday. Good for him. He was all over the field making tackles and sacks and tipping balls. Jamie Collins is uh, back where he belongs. I hate that he plays for the Patriots. Yeah, but he is really having a good year. Oh, yeah. I would He's look. having a Pro Bowl kind of year. Wouldn't so it be – if, if the Patriots have to play in the Super Bowl and they can't play the Saints – wouldn't it be cool for Nick Mullins to right. to get a shot with the Forty Nine ers? Phrase that for you, Kelly. This, I think the Patriots are going to play in the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, Bowl, well of the, course they are, and it doesn't matter who they play. And the NFL would see to it. But and uh, right now, I would think the Saints are have as good a chance as anybody in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but how about that NFC West? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, you know, I mean, you got the Forty ers now in the mix. The Forty right. ers haven't lost yet. The right. Seahawks, the Rams. I mean, right. good heavens, pretty that's good. a stout division. Yeah, pretty good. The Saints are right now playing very, very well. Yeah, and they've separated themselves after beating Tampa Bay yesterday. The Falcons are sputtering badly. Uh, the Panthers have won three in a row. Uh, but the, the Saints, NFC East is—I don't think there's. Well, the the Eagles maybe have the maybe. potential. The yeah. Eagles have a potential. Uh, up north, I guess you would have to still say the Bears, even though. Uh, even though the Bears didn't win yesterday. You know, the Bears didn't go to London until Thursday night. That kind of tells me they just didn't want to make the trip. Right? And don't don't count out the Vikings on that division either. No, you can't ever count yeah. out the Vikings. All right. Two teams you can count out, and you go to the bookie right now, and you bet the house. Cincinnati and Washington will not be in the playoffs. The Redskins were getting 17 points at home and still didn't cover. Didn't help. Lee Roberts is next. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Center, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Want to thank Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. You can uh, get your favorite Southern Miss swag six days a week at the store down on Hardy Street or in other parts of the state. You can just simply go to campusbookmark.net. 
This Friday, we'll be at 4th Street Bar and Grill, our third segment sponsor, a two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour from 4th Street uh, as we celebrate homecoming, Kelly. Looking forward to that. Man, and it's going to be the who's who of Southern Miss celebs coming through 4th Street uh, next this coming Friday from, from 1 to 3 o'clock. I'm telling you, we yeah. had Madonna booked. Yeah, but she had a last-minute engagement. So, That's right. Uh, so, uh, but I think uh, Taylor Swift will be just fine. Well, and, well, and I don't t- really like her music, but hey, Tay's cool. Yeah, she's cool. Tay's I think. Tay, okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll like her. Speaking of uh, Southern Miss celebrities, we have one on the phone. Lee Roberts is a former quarterback for the Golden Eagles and now does the color commentary for the Golden Eagle Football Network. And uh, Lee Roberts, I hope you enjoyed your weekend off. Well, it was uh, it was a good weekend off. So uh, appreciate that. You guys doing good today? Oh, we're good. We're good. Well, so, Lee, I gotta take. I gotta take. A, I gotta get sideways with you on something, though. I was listening to uh, the uh, the game with UTEP, and and you and John. You know, we love you, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what, Doctor Phil says when somebody says right, here it comes. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys both said that UTEP is better. They're not better, Lee, in my opinion. Yeah. UTEP, they had a chance to to win a game against one of the other weak teams in the league, UTSA, and they flopped at home. What? What the heck is going on with UTEP? You know, it's uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, if I, I do think they are a better team, but I mean they're not. They had a long way to go. Where they, where they, yeah, I mean they they're getting better. You know, it's like I saw a team this weekend. You know, Rice. They're getting better. I mean, there are teams that are you know at the bottom of the barrel in the conference, but but they are improving. Are they? Where you know Southern Miss and La Tech and UAB and North Texas are right now? No, but. You know there are teams that are getting better, but but you're right. UTEP is uh, you know they're they're far from from there. So well, let's talk about good, North Texas. Yeah, yeah, let's right, talk let's about do. North Texas, Lee. They, uh, you know, they they were really the kind of the toast of the party at the start of the year. I think everybody really thought they were going to do great things, and they may still. Uh, they've lost to Southern Methodist, Cal, and Houston. Kelly and I were talking before. It's three pretty good football teams. Uh, that they lost games to. I sort of think their two and three record coming into the Rock Saturday night is a bit misleading. I think they have a really good quarterback, and they have a they're the type of team lead that has the potential to really explode. No, they are, and I and I think I heard you know Coach Hop earlier say that you know maybe the best offenses he's faced in all of his coaching time, or at least one of the best. And and I mean they're led by Mason Fine, and and they are and. If you've watched North Texas over the last few years, you just mind boggled at what Mason Fine can do. So yeah, their their record of two and three, the losses that they have, I mean, to a very good SME team, you know, a Cal team that is playing pretty well, um, you know. But hey, they're in conference play like we are, and they're one and zero in the conference, and so it's it's what matters from this point forward. And you know, it, it's scary bringing a team like in here to the Rock, but fortunately, they're coming into our house, and hopefully. You know, we've got a pretty good offense as well. We hopefully can match what they do, but maybe defensively try to stop some as well. Now, with both teams having a week off coming into the game, how does that change things, Lee? You know, it doesn't give anybody an advantage, that's for sure. You know, I know for us, we've had some injuries that, you know, we were able to use this time to try to get some more guys healthy, and I'm sure they're the same on their end. But, um, you know, obviously, two weeks to prepare. Sometimes coaches may, you know, overthink things and, Hopefully the kids did get some rest on both sides, but I think no team's going to come in here with an advantage now because you both did have that bye week. 
All right, you're you're a quarterback. All right, and and the weak the weakness of uh, of the Southern Miss defense, if there is a weakness, has been, has been the secondary. So what do you do? Uh, how do you attack Mason Fine? Contain Mason Fine. And Lee, I wanted to get your your thoughts too on the Houston game when Houston went into Denton and and just walloped the, you know the Mean Green. Uh, not necessarily a huge upset, but uh, but still, it it wasn't really even close. So your thoughts on that, and then how you contain Mason Fine. You know, I uh, I mean, I think Houston is a uh, you know obviously a team that's going to play pretty well, and you know going in and beating North Texas, you know, does that surprise you? You know, not not really sure, but again, teams are going to have their their down days, and you know, Mason Fine doesn't have many of those. And so to, to flip to the second part of your question now is how do you, how do you contain him? Thank goodness that's up to Tim Billings and Jay Hobson to try to figure that one out. But I think it's it's again. It's one of those games you got to play mistake free. You got to be able to put pressure on him, but also have somebody keying him as well. Because he's a guy that if you leave the center field open, he's going to keep it and run for a while. But he's also a guy that can get outside the pocket and hurt you with his arm, with his receivers converting, you know, routes once he's out of the pocket. So they're they're talented. They do a really good job um, at at North Texas. And like I said, the the big part is what Mason Fine can do. I mean, he's very elusive. Um, he's he's slippery, and I mean that because you can't just grab him. You've got to wrap him up. You just try to grab him. He's going to slip out from underneath you. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a fun night watching him. But hopefully, it's one of those nights where we can figure things out. This coming Saturday will mark the exact halfway point of the season so far for the Golden Eagles. Lee, you've been you've seen every snap. What areas of Southern Miss's game do you think uh, has surprised you? And are there any areas of the Eagles game that has disappointed you so far about the midway point? You know, almost almost a little bit of both. I mean, what surprised me is that, you know, we haven't run the ball as well as I was hoping to, but also an area that we have gotten better. You know, I think Coach Stanchek up front, offensive line coach, has, has done some mixing and um, some guys up front. We've had an injury or two as well. We've got many guys that can shift around, but I think we've now kind of got a group that's going to move forward. We'll, we'll do pretty good things. We do a pretty good job protecting the quarterback, but opening up holes is one area that we definitely do need more concern. And then obviously anything in the secondary, how we can slow down any passing attack that we've, that we've seen. But, you know, two teams that really shined against us was obviously Alabama and uh, Troy throwing the football. And no surprise, two great teams that uh, throw the ball against most teams anyway. So I guess, Defensively, I felt like we were going to be pretty solid. Yeah, that's probably been a, a little bit of a disappointment is our uh, play by our secondary. But, again, this is one of those times where you had a little extra time, a little preparation, so hopefully that's one area we'll get better. This is not just another game on the schedule. I mean, I know that that's coach talk, but if when it comes to head-to-head tiebreakers, the first thing is exactly that, a head-to-head. So you get this one at home, and, and you've got a, a distinct advantage over a team that you're supposed to be battling your side of the division against, yes? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it's, there's, there's four teams, and not to leave out UTSA, but there's really four teams in our side of the bracket that are going to compete and fight for that number one spot. And, you know, we just, this, we've got a chance this week with North Texas, and, you know, are they the, the best team that we'll face? Yeah, because they're the ones we're playing this week. So you got to kind of approach it that way. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's not just another game. It is definitely a game that we got to take seriously. Lee, when you, when you played, was there ever a team, because we talked about this uh, earlier today, it seems like Southern Miss has, has always had La Tech's number. 
and UAB has always seemed to have Southern Miss's number. When you played, was there a team that you guys just always beat, even when you weren't supposed to? And and how do you account for things like that? You know, I'd say I wish I could say yeah, there was multiple teams, but <laughs> I'd say Louisville. Louisville was that team because during my time, we beat Louisville every year. I know East Carolina beat us in '95, Houston beat us in '96. And then in 98, Tulane beat us. So I can't say it was any one of them, but we definitely beat Louisville uh, each year that I was playing. So I'd have to say that. And, you know, you just, uh, you just, you just go and compete, man. And like I said, sometimes the ball bounces your way. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you get the call. Sometimes you don't. But what you got to do is prepare each and every week to the best of your ability and, you know, make sure that you're taking care of the things that you can. And, you know, for whatever reason, we were able to play pretty well against the Cardinals. Is that something that's just in the fans' minds, Lee, or does that get in the minds of a player? In other words, did the Louisville players, the third and fourth year you were competing against them, did they seem beat when you started the game? No, I don't. I definitely don't because they had – I mean, they were a really good ball team. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you know the name Chris Redmond. Oh, Pretty yeah. good quarterback. Yeah. Matter of fact, he, you know, his junior year he was the first-team all-conference, and I think his senior year was second-team behind right. Sean King. So. They had a they had a fierce leader at, at the quarterback position and and they rallied behind them. But you know I think we did the things that we needed to then to take care of them and you know it was just just the way it was and you know glad to say we were able to beat Louisville each and every year. It was just uh, it was a special time. So I'm guessing you'll be glad to get back in the booth Saturday night. No, absolutely, man. And uh, you know again just to see, see our guys again and see how they have progressed. You know even from that that UTEP win and. Um, I know playing against North Texas always excites you, although I've never physically played against them. I know what they what they bring in here, and hopefully we'll have a good atmosphere. I know we will. Homecoming, a lot of reunions going on. I think the 99 Conference USA team will have their reunion. So a lot of uh, things going on for the weekend and um, big expectations. And if we want to win the conference, it starts this weekend. And those of us people that are 99 years old, we're getting together for a reunion, too. All three of us. <laughs> hey, that's good, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're able to do this. I'm glad you're still kicking. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate hey. your time, man. Hey, appreciate y'all. All right, Lee Roberts, everybody, makes his Monday appearance on the Eagle Hour. We'll be back talk a little Saints football when we come back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I want to thank Bob Matthews for joining us from up in Washington, D.C. Also, Lee Roberts for joining us here in Hattiesburg. This segment sponsored by Gulfport Home Center. Great selection of pre-manufactured housing right down there on the Gulf Coast. Every size, uh, every shape, every uh, price range. Uh, No matter what your housing needs are, we strongly urge you to give them a shot at Gulfport Home Center on the Gulf Coast. I've always heard the term smart TV, but and I didn't think I had one, but I think I do because like 
Oh, boy. I was telling you guys in commercial break, I, I DVR the biggest loser, and the Bengals game came on. Right, right. <laughs> and then it automatically turned off at halftime. Is that <laughs> Smart. Why waste the space, right? <laughs> All right. The Saints beat the Bucks yesterday 31-24, but I'll tell you what now, it, it wasn't a pushover, was it? No, and I'm kind of proud. I'm kind of proud of myself. Not, my arm's about broken, patting myself on the back. But I had said when Drew Brees went down, I, I think we said on the Eagle Hour, I said, I don't think the Saints give up. A whole lot. Different type of offense, obviously, with Teddy Bridgewater. But as far as personnel goes, you know, the Saints are so deep just about everywhere. That they, they really are. They, they, they've been able to compensate for uh, Drew well, Bridgewater Brees. had four touchdown passes yesterday, threw for 314 yards, 26 of 34. Why would anybody be complaining about Teddy Bridgewater? Well, initially, you yeah. know, when Drew Brees went down, they go, I don't know if he's the guy. But remember, yeah. he was a starter in the NFL. And, and even... I'm glad you're sitting down, Bob. But even guys on the Redskins are professional football mm, players. You're stretching it. No, just a bit now. <laughs> I'm glad you're sitting down. But yeah. I mean, they're pros, you know. So, and Teddy Bridgewater was a starter in this league. Okay, so to have him as a backup um, was was a good good thing for the Saints. Oh, I tell you what, it does. It shows the value of having a good backup. I mean, your season can end if you don't have the right backup quarterback. Unfortunately for the Redskins, you guys don't even have a good okay, starter. Okay, that's about enough about the Redskins oh, okay, now. We okay, hear about <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Uh, no, seriously, though, he's the done a very good job. Quarterback position so important. They're very, very deep. No question. Very, very deep. Uh, the hit yesterday that the kid from Pittsburgh took, did you see that? Knocked unconscious while he's in the air. Oh, gosh. It's it's a tough game. Boy, you're not kidding. And the and the Steeler players really upset. I think the Steeler players, for a few moments there, thought, you know, this could be even worse than it turned out to be. Well, it's any time. You know, I was talking to to Brett Favre, you know, later in his career, and he was just saying, it's not that it's not that you can't still get out there and play at age 35 or 38, but in the off season. Because you're 35 to 38 or whatever, your body just takes longer to respond to the cardiovascular training and the weight training. And he said, and every year you keep adding a calendar year onto your age, but the guys coming out of college are, are 22 every year, you know, and every year a new crop comes through. They are bigger, faster and stronger. And he said, it's, it's almost comparatively speaking, like getting hit by a truck. You know, oh, I and, can see it. Yeah. You know, and having to get up, game, you know, play after play, game after game, and you just get to a point where you go, "What am I doing? I got enough money to live on. Right. You know, we've invested well. This is, you know, I love it, but I don't want to die doing it." The smart you know? ones always know when to step down, and it's hard because if your identity, and in any sport, if all you've ever known is being a baseball player or being a football player, and you think, "Okay, I'm not going to do that anymore," will ever, will anybody even remember that I existed? What am I going to do with my spare time when my whole life has been dedicated to this deal? It can be, it can be scary for some of these guys, and I, I understand that. All right. The mask has been taken off Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Am I right? Well, I'm, he's saying uh, maybe not for a million. <laughs> maybe, uh, well, you give me two eight, you know. They look pretty mediocre all of a sudden. Or Green Bay looked really good. Uh, and how about LaFleur, the, the coach of Green Bay? You know, they, they took really a lot of criticism job. for hiring him, saying that he was too young and in over his head. But the Packers looked pretty good. All right. Put the Patriots to the side. Best American Conference team right now, in your view? Ooh. And you have, to, you have to put them aside? 
Well, we know they're the best. Because they're head but, and shoulders better than well, they, they really are. That's probably the Well, answer. I'd still, I mean, I know Indianapolis beat Kansas City, but I'd still have to go with Possibly. Kansas City. And, and Cleveland, you know, Cleveland plays tonight. game tonight. Yeah. 49ers plan, in Cleveland. Yeah, and San Francisco hasn't lost. And San Francisco's already beaten Pittsburgh and Cincinnati in that division. Oh. So uh, if Cleveland can beat San Francisco and continue to show signs of improvement, Cleveland may actually win that division. Chargers beat yesterday in a game you wouldn't have thought they Chargers would Chargers are so decimated with injuries, though, Bob. They've right. got, you know, third and fourth string guys wow. at different positions on the defensive uh, in side. In the NFC, best team right now. Oh, gosh. Um, you could make an argument for the Seahawks. I know what everybody's going, what do, you, what do you mean? See, the Saints, of course, right now. I would have to say the Saints. Yeah. I would say the Seahawks may be number two, though. But the, the Rams in that division, also in the, in the right. NFC West. San Francisco is undefeated. The 49ers the Bears. May, you know, might be back where they stubbed their toe, losing right. to Chucky and them in London over the weekend. I don't but. think the Bears wanted to play in that game. The I fact they left think, on Thursday night kind of told me they didn't have a lot of I don't think any of the teams want to play And there's another in one London. this weekend, Carolina and – and Tampa are playing. And the Bengals there. have to play the Rams over there. Really? You know, and I think I think after the game, the Bengals will be buried right next to Princess Die. <laughs> <laughs> that could bring it into it, actually, taking the Bengals to... That could be a way of ending the silliness of playing in London. I hope so. If, if, they if could pe- sue them for not bringing but one real pro team over. Yeah, if, if the people in London even say, if this is all you got, you know, we're not coming. Yeah. All right, Kelly and I back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Who we got tomorrow? Homecoming week. Matt Walner's going to be Walner. live in the studio. On the show tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Look forward to talking to the, the biggin, as they so affectionately call him. We'll be back tomorrow at 1, everybody. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.